praise God. Last time we, uh, last uh, session we had, we went through Revelations chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. In 13, we reminded you that Satan has always wanted to assume the place of God. Um, if we go back to Isaiah, he said, I will be like the most high. Um, he also tempted um, humanity to fall below the level of God by tempting them to be like God. What did he tell Eve? You'll be just like God. But she was already like God. He had made her in his image and in his likeness, right? And so we talked about the fact that that just like God um, has a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Satan has tried to mimic God by creating a tr trinity with him as the dragon, with the beast as the antichrist, and with the false prophet who, like, like um, the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus, then the false prophet testifies of the Antichrist. Always trying to be like God, right? Then we talked about the fact that there was a person called the beast, and then there is a system called the beast. And those two things um, are, are related, but not exactly the same. And so sometimes you have to read the text in context to understand both. And for those, you know, I was not here Sunday, but I did um, listen to the things that um, uh, Apostle Leroy Robinson did. And he said um, some masterful things around understanding the system and how it relates to, to the culture. I couldn't have done that. Um, I've heard some of that when he said it, but I, that was, I couldn't have done that. So I was uh, encouraged by the things um, he shared. And so I wanted to say that to um, him as well and those that were watching um, on Sunday. So then we talked about the fact that, um, and he and Apostle Leroy talked about that, that there's a, a one world government, one world religion and one world economic system, that there's these convergences all trying to come together um, in that same period. And, um, and scripture clearly tells us that um, we talked about that. Um, but there will be resistance. And so sometimes um, when people talk about the end times, they talk about it as if the Antichrist just has free reign and free rule, but the scriptures doesn't bear that out. There's always something anti the Antichrist, right? And oh, by the way, while we're here, we're supposed to be the ones who are anti the Antichrist right now because the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. So you need to be the one that's resisting it. People should know you're not going to just go along with the system, whatever that system is. So you should expect that there is a built intention that you'll have all the way up in, in the, to the end of the church age and into the ages that are to come. So then we talked about um, the plagues and things that were poured out um, over that time um, through chapter 15 and 16 and the preparations that was being made, um, for the battle of Armageddon, where all the forces of, of Satan, um, take their one final last stand and massacre, um, against the armies of the Lord and those that are with him. And that in Jesus name includes you and me. All right. So we're going to start at chapter 17. Let's look at chapter 17. We talked about um, the beast system and um, 
the, it's tied to Mystery Babylon. And so we're going to go, go into that in detail in chapter 17. Let's look at it. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot, the great harlot, very important, great harlot, who sits on many waters, many waters, many waters, many waters, okay, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornications and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit. So this is not a, a physical thing he's saying. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual entity that he's saying, okay? Because he's carried into the spirit, into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Just want to make sure you kept the pictures, which was full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and 10 horns. Y'all talked about that on Sunday, didn't you? Seven heads and 10 horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornications. And on her forehead, a name was written. Right? There's names for the church. There's also names for the bride of the Antichrist. Just like there's names for the bride of Christ, isn't there? All right, let's see some of the names. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Oh, she's drunk with blood, All right? And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel? Don't be looking too long at the wrong woman, John. Okay, that was free. I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. So now he's talking about the system, isn't he? The system itself will go to perdition, the beast that she was riding on. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And it's seven mountains representing not a physical mountain, but seven kingdoms. Because... Verse 10 says there are also seven kings. Why? Because there's seven, seven kingdoms that they sit upon. Five have fallen, one is, and one has not yet come. And when he comes, he will continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. So there is a contrast between the beast, the Antichrist, and the system in which he rules. Right? So there is a, there's a dual reference. You could reference Jesus and call him the king of kings. But if I call him a king, then by definition, I'm referencing the fact that he sits on the throne in the new Jerusalem. Got it? That those things come, come together. All right. Um, that was verse 11. Verse 12, the 10 horns which you saw are the 10 kings who have not, who have no, who have received no kingdom as yet, 
but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome him for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him, that's where your name is in the Bible, right there. Those who are with him, that's where my name is in the Bible, right there. Those who are with him are called, but not just called, because many are called, but few are chosen. Called and chosen. And even if you are the chosen, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Those that are with him, here's the requirement that we have to be on the winning side called and chosen and faithful. Somebody say amen. amen. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw are not like the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. Where the harlot sits, the waters are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Now that makes sense because when we saw, saw the, them in heaven, we said that there was a crystal sea mixed with fire. The crystal sea wasn't just an ocean in heaven. It was talking about the mass of humanity that had been purified. But this is clearly dirty water. <laughs> Got it? This, this water here is toxic, isn't it? All right. So these are, are peoples, multitudes, nations and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn it with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the women and the woman whom you saw is that great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, people have said that that must therefore be Washington, D.C. or the Vatican or some other city. When he told you in the beginning that it is not a physical city, it is a spiritual city. I may not ever get to Jerusalem, but my name is written in the new Jerusalem. It's not a physical city. It's a city system like Rome was a city system. Rome was a city, but it had an empire that it ruled, didn't it? OK, Babylon was the name of a city, but it was also the name of a country. Right. Just like they say, Washington State versus Washington, D.C. Got it. Just want to make sure that the symbolism is good. All right. Ten keys to Revelation 17. Yeah, I got a lot of more here because I got to make sure y'all get all of this. OK, number one. Just as Jesus the Christ rules from the new Jerusalem and is married to the bride without spot or wrinkle, so the Antichrist rules from mystery Babylon and commits fornication with the great harlot. Oh, that makes sense, don't it? Okay, because clearly whatever God, whatever the devil has can't be the same marriage that God has. It's a relationship, but one is with a bride without spot or wrinkle. And to use the language that Minister John used on Saturday, the other one is the strange woman. But it's not a physical person. It's the mother that brings forth all strange women. Got it? All right. That's number one. Number two, like the church, 
is the many membered body of Christ comprising people from every tribe, nation and tongue who have been washed in the blood of the lamb. So the harlot is comprised of peoples, kingdoms, nations and leaders who have sold their souls to Satan's system. Ah, oh, Lord, you see the comparison contrast here? I'm using language that you know to describe the difference in how Satan has tried to imitate but can never duplicate what God has done with this church. Amen. Let's look at number three. John is carried away in the spirit to see mystery Babylon as he will be as he will be in the future in a future chapter to see the new Jerusalem. Therefore, this entity is a spiritual city system also. He was carried in the spirit to the wilderness. Got it? Pastor, why are you saying that? Because some people will say, well, it's Rome, it's the Vatican, it's all it is. You know, because Rome has these seven mountains or, you know what I'm saying? People are looking for something when he clearly has told us it's a spiritual city. Now, are there natural parallels? Of course there are. That's why he called it Babylon. Just like I can know some things about the new Jerusalem by understanding Jerusalem. But it's clearly he's talking about a spiritual entity. Now, let's look at Revelation 21. I'm not getting there today, but I'm just going to read 9 and 10. Revelation 21, 9 and 10. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last place came to me and talked with me saying, come and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Okay, stop. We'll get back to that next week. But what I wanted to make sure you saw was that just as one is a spiritual city, though it's real, just because it's spiritual does not mean it's real. Not spiritual doesn't mean it's fake. It means it exists where you can't see it. All right. So if that city is a spiritual city and it really exists and we are banking our eternity that that city exists. Somebody say amen. All right. We sing all of these songs. I'm going to go sweeping through the city. Right. Come on. Caravans. Sister Shirley. Caesar, that is. OK. I'm, I'm banking on that city. But hold it. If that city exists, then this other city must also exist. Because John told us about both of them. He saw both of them in the spirit. Now, the spirit realm, listen to this, has topography and geography. Pastor David, what's topography? It's got mountains and valleys, hills and plains. And it's got geography because they are at different locations in the spirit realm. Now, if this was Star Wars, I would say that in this case, John saw the dark side of the force. Y'all Star Wars people, y'all, yeah, okay. He saw the dark side of the force. 
he saw the bad neighborhood in the spirit realm because one was on a great mountain. The other one was in the wilderness. OK, but they're both spiritual entities. All right. See, the spirit realm has those things. Actually, the reality is, is that the spirit realm had them first. Because the spirit realm is the parent, the physical realm is the child. By faith, we know that all of these things were created by by the word of God. So the spirit realm existed before there was some physical realm. The only reason we have hills and valleys and cities in the physical realm is because they existed first in the spirit realm. Okay. Look at Luke chapter four, verses five through eight. I'm going to say this and I'm going to really speed up. This is this is Jesus during the wilderness of temptation. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Did he take him up on a physical mountain? No, he took him in the spirit realm, didn't he? And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Satan has always been trying to get even Jesus to bow down and worship him. And to get the authority of the kingdom. He was trying to turn the Christ. Into the Antichrist. Everything, you know, spy movies and they say we're going to flip him. You know what I'm talking about? He's a spy on the other side, but I'm going to flip him to my side. We're going to make him a double agent. It worked with the first Adam. He figured it might work with the last Adam. He tried to entice him. But notice that he took like. That passage of scripture is one. If you really there's things that that people just gloss over, hold it. Satan grabbed Jesus, snatched him into the spirit realm. That's what it says. And grabbed him, took, took him to the bad neighborhood of the spirit realm and said, you can have all my stuff. Now, what that said, it's exactly what it said, isn't it? Right now, there are witches that say they have astral projections and get in the spirit. It clearly has to be possible if it happened to Jesus. Satan clearly could do it. Bible says he did it. And then he offered him something and said, all you got to do is sell your soul to me and I'll give it all to you. He's <laughs> my, my covenant brother, Pastor Tony Shaw, said he's he calls him the pimp of the earth. He said, I can give it whoever I want to give it to. Yeah. If you let me now see now, listen to listen to that language in light of what we've read. The pimp of the earth, the harlot. Do you see the? That's very clear, isn't it? All right. Let's go back to our list. Now we're going to speed up. Number four. As all heaven rejoices at one sinner who repents, so Mystery Babylon gets drunk on the martyrdom or the killing 
of those who serve Jesus. Jesus said, all heaven re rejoices when one repents. Somebody gets saved, the New Jerusalem goes, ah. somebody repents. But a mass shooter comes into a church and kills a bunch of Christians who are serving Jesus. Mystery Babylon goes, let's have a party. Isn't that what that said? All right. Number five, as the bride of as the bride is a chaste version to be presented to Christ, the harlot is the ultimate strange woman, the ultimate strange woman. A false religion committed to the Antichrist. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Present her to himself without spot, wrinkle, any such thing. We're going to learn about what it means to have to be clothed today. The Antichrist is a strange woman, a false religion. Number six, note that the harlot sits on the beast system, the revived Roman Empire. It was, is not, and shall be again. You, you learned some things about that on Sunday, didn't you? Amen. Number seven. As the Holy Trinity rules with the assistance of the four and 20 elders, so the Satanic Trinity rules with the assistance of 10 kings. Number eight, the beast, the Antichrist, is considered a king ruling over the beast system with the support of the 10 kings. Their intention is to make war with the lamb, but your arms are too short to box with God. That's not going to end well. Amen. Now you can actually say, I read the end of the book, the back of the book, and we win. Now you can actually say that, right? All right, number nine. Note that the beast army not only fights the lamb, but those who are with him, those who are called, chosen, and faithful. Let that be you and me. All right? If they're going to fight those that are with him, called, chosen, and faithful, then those that are called, chosen, and faithful must already be with him when the fight starts. Right. That's why um, in Jude, Enoch, before Jesus first coming, saw his second coming when his family was the only righteous family on the planet. Enoch says the Lord is coming with 10,000s of his saints to judge the ungodly of all their ungodly ways. He saw this second coming. That's why you're emphasizing this, because some people say we're only caught up once and that's it. But this clearly says that there are people like we sing that song right on King Jesus. No man cannot hinder thee. But when he comes to riding to do that, we're supposed to be riding with him. All right. Number 10. As Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, so the Antichrist hates the harlot. And destroys and destroys her to institute worship of himself only. Why would the beast destroy his? Why would the Antichrist destroy his own system? Isn't that what it said? The harlot they had in their mind to destroy the system. Hold it, hold it. One has a love relationship. Christ and the church is a love relationship. The other one has a hate relationship. Have have you ever heard of a of a of a of a pimp? That that abuses the, the prostitute that he's pimped out. OK. I'm not going to do it 
Well, I'll do a little bit of it for the sake of time, but I may not do it all. Turn to Exodus chapter seven. What I want to show you is because one of our key things is always that we go back to the future. When you look at it, what you'll find is when Abraham and Moses did plagues on Egypt, Pharaoh's magicians did plagues on Egypt, too. I'm like, you big dummy. <laughs> Why would you do the same thing? Your position just got worse because of a plague, and then you do the same thing. See, there, there, there is a psychology where Satan, what does the scripture says? Like when we, when the, the scripture says, when we praise and worship God, that the enemy ambushed himself. All right. Exodus chapter seven. We're going to read verses one through three, and then I'm going to skip down to 20 to 22. This this passage one through three is was a was a passage that uh, Pastor Martin, Dr. Martin Williams made reference to when he was here. So the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Remember, he said that he, he said that. And I said, I was I read that scripture. I just wanted y'all to know that he wasn't just making something up. He was really telling you what the Bible said. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Now look at verse 20. and We're going to read down to verse 22. And Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded. So he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the rivers in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of the servant. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish that were in the river died. The river stank and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So there was blood throughout all the lands of Egypt. Then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. That, that didn't help you. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. So he did it again there. Then just for the sake, just so that you see it in chapter eight, verses six through seven, if you're taking notes, he did it with the frogs and they repeated it. Then in verse 17 through 19 of Exodus chapter eight, he made lice come unto all the land and they tried to, but they couldn't. Then they said, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh was still hardened in the heart. OK, so this isn't the first time that people destroyed their own system in scripture. All right. Just wanted to make sure that didn't make sense to me. Okay. Hopefully it did. All right. Now let's, let's read verse 18. Their minds, it says, were hardened to do what God had intended in terms of the destruction of this mystery Babylon system, the system of worship, this, this adulterous fornication, spiritual fornication system. Look at chapter 18. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich 
through the abundance of her luxuries. All right, now let's look at verses four through six because this, these next verses talk to us, all right? Verse four says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquity. Render or her iniquities, render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works in the cup which she has mixed, mix her, mixed double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxury, lived luxuriously in the same manner, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen and am no and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and live luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots. And watch this and bodies and souls of men. Not just the material thing, that would include human trafficking, but would also include the things that entice humanity to give their souls to the devil, wouldn't it? Verse 14, the fruit that you're so long for has gone from you and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that gray city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls for one hour, such great riches have came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship sailors and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out, when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. For in what hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea saying thus with violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. Watch this. There's, there's also Babylonian music, the sound of harpists, musicians, flutists and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of the millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not be, shall not shine in you anymore and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore for your merchants were the great men of the earth 
for by your sorcery, 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 spiritual false, false religions that ultimately conjure up demonic and devilish spirits. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. So we know that this system clearly by that last statement goes all the way back to Cain and Abel, doesn't it? All the blood. Remember, Cain was the one who departed from the presence of God and built a whole city and economic system departed from the presence of God. So I can at least trace Babylon back that far, mystery Babylon, because it's a spiritual system, isn't it? All right, come on, let's let's read the eight keys to Revelation 18. Number one, a mighty angel from heaven makes the declaration of the death certificate of mystery Babylon. Two, note that political and economic leaders, kings and merchants are tied to her influence. All right. Now, we talked about the the one world government, one world religion, one world economic system. All right. And so all of those things, are they trying to happen right now? Of course, they're trying to happen right now, but it can't happen now. Why? Because you and me is here, first of all. And we're we're part of the restraining force on it. But all of the things are trying to come together. Right. The world is trying to build economic blocks like the European Union or NAFTA, all these other tr trade agreements, aren't they? All right. Um, and this is what this is what came up in my heart as I was reading that the Lord told me to remind you about. What happened when the apostles went to Ephesus? Ephesus was the was the city that had the great temple to Diana. And they got so many people saved and they start to throw away all of their spell books. Start to to throw away and had a great bonfire and threw away thousands of dollars worth of spell books and idols and amulets and good luck charms and statues that they would worship and bow at their houses. And what happened when they began to destroy that, when New Jerusalem began to win over Mystery Babylon, the merchants said, hold up, hold up, hold up. We need to get rid of this Paul because he about to make all of us go broke. That spiritual thing was tied to an economic thing and then they got the government involved to arrest them. Do you see the political, the economic and the spiritual were all tied together in that system. And the thing that resisted it was Paul. And if they could have, they would have killed him. Mystery Babylon, the empire strikes back. You got to know when you take a stand to resist the spirit of Antichrist, 
and the Babylonian system, don't think it's going to sit there and just let you start taking people out and getting people saved and turning stuff around. Listen, the system will fight you. This scripture tells us that the system will not only fight you, it'll kill you if it gets the chance. Them dudes came for Paul, man. They told him the people that was on his side said he wanted to go into the Colosseum because they were having a riot. And they, they said, Paul, man. <laughs> apostle, man, apostle. No, nah, man, I know I know you big and bad. I know you want to go in there and face them. They're like, no, nah, you can't go up in there. Don't don't do it. Because they understood that this system will fight you back. What number was I on? I got lost in my place on that one. That was just number two, wasn't it? Number three, believers in every age are warned to resist the system being in the world, but not of the world. As Daniel and the three Hebrew boys resisted the idolatry and false economics of the system of the Babylonian system of their day. Daniel wouldn't wouldn't eat their meat, wouldn't bow down to their God. They told him don't pray. They had they set up a just like. The false prophet would set up an image and said, if you don't worship the image, you'll get killed. They had an image there and said, you, if you don't bow before this image, you'll get thrown into the into the fiery furnace. Somebody know I'm telling the truth. Amen. All right. So in every age, you have the responsibility to resist the system where you are. Does that make sense? You have the responsibility I told the saints and I didn't even know, like, like I'm reading this stuff now, but I, I, I really felt like God protected me because, you know, one of my places was overseas and I had built a lab like I have here, just doing all of the things that I do as a good steward, right? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth with the labs. But when I went, instead of me going, I sent one of my guys to initiate the lab in India. And when I sent him, they had a religious service with flowers and incense and prayers to something. <laughs> I don't have permission or I would show you the pictures. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this is not a made up story. <laughs> I got the pictures of my guy going over there and them having a worship service at, at work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, see, that's the same stuff Paul and him was dealing with. I, I did not know that before he went. Over. Listen, I did not know. And I'm saying, God, you must have just protected me because I don't know. They might have felt some kind of way if I came in there I'm like, no, nah, I can't. I love y'all, but I can't. You know what I mean? In every age, you're responsible. I can't go in there worshiping some other thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, we got to know. But hold it, hold it. You go to Wall Street, and there's a big bull out front. Now, in ancient Egypt, the bull was a sign. That's why they made a golden calf and worshiped it. That sign goes all the way back to Egypt. All in the Old Testament. And we got one right in Wall Street. I know y'all think it's all somewhere overseas. Hold up, hold up in the good old U.S. of A. 
The stars and the bars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying we got to be careful because this stuff is in. It's not somewhere overseas. It's here. You got to be careful because that stuff will wind itself in secret societies. And I know some of y'all got degrees and masons and all that stuff in your family, but you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Make sure when you cross over the sands, the burning sands. In your fraternity or sorority, make sure you don't pledge an oath that heaven will not stand behind. Because you're going to answer for it. All right. Okay. I'm not in them secret society, so I don't know what oath they pledging. But I know one thing. I'm not going to say something to you that gets me in, in opposition to Christ. All right. Praise the Lord. Pastor, I don't know if I like that. Okay. All right. When you, when, when you stand before Jesus, then you preach it the way he tells you to preach it. All right. Number four, God purposefully brings judgment and double measure to all her sin and iniquity in a single day. Number five, notice the system traffics in all things economic, political and spiritual, including the bodies and souls of men. Slavery is an antichrist system. Human trafficking. Even if the traffic is just to put them in cages when they have sinned. Okay, all right. That's still human trafficking. Making people drink out of toilet water in the good old U.S. of A. Number six, the heavens, particularly spiritual leaders persecuted by this system, will rejoice at her demise. Rejoice, O heavens, and ye apostles and prophets. Why? Because the apostolic and prophetic is the thing that resists Babylon, just like the apostle Paul did at Ephesus, doesn't it? Number seven, also note that secular music, which goes back to the three Hebrew boys refusing to bow down before the golden image at the sound of music, is also destroyed. So you got to be careful, all you people who watch Sunday best and then want to mix it all up and rewrite the songs and twist them and turn them and put them in church and think everything can be okay. It can't be. Or you gospel artists that always want to do a collab with some secular somebody, whoever you are. I ain't naming nobody's name, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Finally, finally, finally. Got quiet in here, but that's still true. All right. Finally, finally, finally. Number eight, false religion or sorcery and murder all originate from this spiritual city system. Praise the Lord, everybody. We, we all right? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure we're still on the same page. Okay. Look at Revelation chapter 19. Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because... We have to be careful in our age. Sometimes we, we act like this is just for something in the future when this Babylonian system is already in play, just like the New Jerusalem is already in play. If the New Jerusalem wasn't, wasn't in play, you couldn't get saved. You get saved because, because you are born from above. That's, that's, that's an alternative translation from John chapter 3. 
You are born from above. The new Jerusalem is the mother of us all, is the way the apostle Paul said it in Galatians. Jesus says, your names are written in heaven. Okay, so you don't get saved apart from this, the new Jerusalem. So that means even before it comes down out of heaven, it's already working. Prayer is you going from earth to the new Jerusalem. That's what prayer is. Prayer is you getting translated spiritually to make your case. Before. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Where do you think that throne is? In the Middle East? No, it's in the New Jerusalem. So clearly your prayer life causes things on earth to affect heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. So prayer is your transporter room. If that be the case, then I have to acknowledge if that city system is already at work, this other city system must also be working already, too. All right. So then I have to find out where it is and then do what the scripture told me. Come out of her, my people. And don't be a partaker of her sins, even if that makes me uncomfortable with people. Who's who who think I, uh, you just too uptight? <laughs> I remember in college, I went to a party with my friends and they were like, you uptight. Then they finally and they said, you should drink some. I said, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, I'm here with you. You know, I was saved, but I wasn't fully quite delivered yet. But I knew enough. No, nah, I'm not going to drink with you. And then finally, my friend said, David, you don't belong here. Go home. <laughs> now, the friends who told me that. They was church people, but they was just like, this is not your scene. You messing up my scene, so you need to get up out of here. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying, right? You just got to know you carrying an environment with you. You carrying an environment with you. Some people, like, they want to get you off your square. You know that term, get you off your square? They want to get you off because they want you to see that. See, and as soon as they talk you out of being who you are, then they're going to say, see, I told you there was nothing to them in the first place. Once they get you off of your square. Now, if they did repent and get back on, because listen, listen, <laughs> they have no heaven or hell to put you in. So get 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 back in the game. Repent. But we want to be the people that learn how to stand like the three Hebrews boys stand. We want to stand like Daniel stood. If they can stand, then we can stand. Don't 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 <laughs> don't wimp out on your on your watch. Read all the heroes in the Bible. Hefty, hefty, hefty. And you step up. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Don't do it. OK. All right. Two more chapters. We, we done. Um, chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, Hallelujah, her voice, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God 
all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent, all-powerful, that's what it means, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. What does it mean, his wife has made herself ready? And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Uh-oh. If it's righteous acts, not just the fact that Jesus made me righteous, but how I acted on the righteous that Jesus made me, then I have something to do with how, how fine my linen is, don't I? No, if the only linen you want is for the saying is just a sinner who fell down and got up and kept falling down and getting up. Your linen might not be as fine as the person who really commits themselves to maturity and growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we agree on that? If it's a righteous acts, then I can act better than you do or you can act better than I do. I'm just saying, now, if he has said it was just the righteousness of the saints, then my actions might not have had anything to do with it. Because all of the ones that are there have something to do with them being right before God. But righteous acts says that how I live matters. Now, some people believe that it only matters that I'm forgiven and not what I do after I'm forgiven. But this scripture tells me that my labor matters. All right. Pastor, why are you on this? Because this is this is why I do what I do. This is what gets me up when I'm tired and I got to get after having the same kind of work week you have getting this stuff ready to come in here and preach to you because I believe my labor matters. <laughs> right. It matters how you live. All right. That was verse what? Eight. All right. Verse nine. Then he said to me, right. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But this angel, but he said to me, see that you do not, that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. We don't worship angels. We with the angels worship God. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, his own blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, there's that linen again, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's you and me. My name is in there. There's one with my name on it. It's in there. Did you see him? In Jesus' name. I'm, I'm speaking faith. I don't know what my name. Okay, I'm just saying, right? Look at verse 15. 
and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with the rod of iron. He himself treads the wine press, wine press of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and his army. Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his, his image. These two were cast alive, cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Okay, eight keys here. We're almost done. Eight keys to Revelation 19. Number one, heaven rejoices over the destruction of Mystery Babylon. Two, heaven also acknowledges the time for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Three, the bridal garments are the righteous acts of the saints. So make sure your actions are in line with your beliefs. How you live matters, and it will matter throughout eternity. Let me stop there for a second. If you were in the military, if you were in the military and a soldier came in here and they came in with their dress uniform on and it had all these little different symbols. Have you seen the little colors here? Now, you may not know what all of them mean, but another soldier looks at that and say, OK, he was in this war. He did that. He got this commendation. They can read that. It, they wear it. They wear on their clothes, the achievements that they have in the military, the rank that they got. Got it? What he's telling you is what you, what you do now will matter throughout all eternity. We'll be able to look at you and know if, like, you can fool me now. You're not going to fool nobody later. <laughs> You, you can come to church and you can look the part. You can make it sound good. I mean, listen, you can fool. You can fool people now. But for all eternity, you're going to bear the marks of what you either did or didn't do. So just just live right. That's that's all that means. OK. And if you're not, get it right. Does that make sense? Number four. John tries to worship the angel who gives him the revelation of the marriage supper, but the angel refuses him. In heaven, only God is worshiped. Number five, John sees that heaven's heaven open. And Jesus returning in the second coming with the armies of heaven clothed in the same righteous acts as the bride. All right. Um, <laughs> so the bride of Jesus wears combat boots. OK, number six. <laughs> number six the armies from the east we saw we talked about them in revelation 16 12 through 16 join with the army of the antichrist to war against the lamb and his holy army in the battle of armageddon let's stop here for a second 
you know, there, there are thoughts that have to be introduced to get people ready for things. Um, so if you were trying to get humanity prepared to fight an army of aliens, what kind of movies would you make? Independence Day? There's all these, how many movies, can you name the number of movies that have humanity fighting against an army from another world? There's more than one. <laughs> I was watching one with my daughter just a little while ago. There's more than one. It wasn't a bad movie. It's a good movie. I like the movie. But the thought that says humans must be prepared to come together as a single army to war against aliens. How many movies can you think of that are like that? It's certainly more than one or two, isn't it? You can think of a few off the top of your head, can't you? Some of them even call it the Battle of Armageddon, don't they? Wasn't that one of the movies? Anybody know a movie that talked that that was the title of it? Why? Because there is a thought that one day I got to make sure all humanity is prepared to be on my side. Right. Because when that happens, I got to make sure humans are ready to fight. So then you don't wait to then to start the thought. You get the thought out there in advance. I'm just saying. Pastor ain't telling you you can't watch a, a movie like I love science fiction. So. But the Lord wanted me to tell you that some of these like. Sometimes we look at stuff as harmless when it's a seed of a thought. How did Satan get to Eve? He started with the seed of a thought. Okay. Now, some people say it don't mean nothing, but then the thought comes, right? Okay, you got, you got that point. Look at number seven. The Antichrist and false prophet are defeated in battle. And cast alive in a lake of fire, the final place of torment for all humanity. Further, their armies are also defeated and killed. Now, let's look at chapter 20, 15 verses, and I'm going to get all the way through this, I promise you. All right. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. That means all the nations weren't destroyed in the battle of Armageddon because there were still nations around. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Oh, that's us, y'all. That's where we're supposed to be. Got it? Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years in Jesus name. I believe that's you and me. Amen. 
Verse seven, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. Now, this is not the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon was chapter 19. This is after the millennium. But the people who hadn't had a chance to be deceived got to be given a chance to be deceived like the rest of us have. Everybody got to get a chance to either acknowledge God or reject him, right? Everybody since Adam and Eve had to get a shot. So there will be people who came up in this time who hadn't got a shot. They at least got to have the chance to say, I'm going with Jesus or not. All right. God just want to be fair. He don't, every, nobody gets a, everybody got to get a shot, right? That was verse what? Eight, all right. Verse nine, they went up, on the breath of the, they went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from, from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God and the books were open now, we already been judged, so this is not our judgment, right? This is not our judgment. We have already been judged because we were reigning with him, right? When you're in this, you're already guilty. And the, saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the, the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades or hell delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judge each one according to his works. Then death and hell, Hades, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, let's start here. Um, eight keys to Revelation 20. Number one, after the battle of Armageddon, Satan himself was bound in a bottomless pit for 1,000 years. Two, believers are empowered to reign with Christ during the millennium from Jerusalem. This includes those martyred during the great tribulations. Your level of leadership during this period is determined by your faithfulness during previous periods. Our reference, you can take it home for your notes, Luke chapter 19, 11 through 27, one of the parables of the kingdom. He delivered servants. Each one had one, one of 10 pounds. And the one who turned his one pound into 10 pounds ruled over 10 cities. The one who turned his one pound into five pounds ruled over five cities. So your level of faithfulness now will determine your level of rulership later. Amen. Number three, not all humanity dies through the tribulation periods. Those that survive and haven't taken the mark of the beast are ruled by Christ and his believers through the millennium. Number four, not all humanity is raised through the first resurrection. Right. The church is already in heaven we talked about the 144,000 and the witness, the two witnesses, all of the people that had been caught up previously. And then there are those who died specifically during this period in, in service to God. Right. They said um, they heard the angels and said, I'm not taking the mark of the beast. I'm not doing that. And then they had some of them suffered all the way to death and they get raised up. All right. So all in totality, they consider all of those things the first resurrection. 
All right. All right. Further, the church age and Old Testament have already been previously written, resurrected. Those who are blessed to rule and reign, um, those who, who do, who are resurrected in this first resurrection, are blessed to rule and reign as kings and priests with Jesus. That's where we want to be in Jesus name. Number five, Satan is loose to tempt those who lived under Christ's rule during the millennial period. Many follow him to try to overthrow, overthrow Jesus last time. They will surround Jerusalem, but are destroyed by fire from heaven. Six, Satan is then cast into the lake of fire where the Antichrist and false prophet are already suffering punishment. Number seven, the final judgment day comes for all fallen humanity and fallen angels. Hell, watch this, the temporary place of incarceration and punishment releases all fallen for their arraignment date. When police capture you, they don't take you before the judge. You're charged with a crime and then they take you to jail. And then you have an arraignment date where you must stand before the judge for the crimes that you have committed. And when you stand before the judge, then your final judgment is given. Now, they may give you credit for time served. Am I right? OK, against your sentence. But all of these sentences are eternal. <laughs> OK, hold it. But in every case, prison is worse than jail. So let's go back and read. Um, all right. So so the, they're placed in a place of temporary incarceration and punishment. That hell, the place of temporary incarceration and punishment, releases all the fallen for their arraignment date. The books show what they were supposed to do, what they actually did, and that their names are now written in the book of life. Those are the three things that are shown. Here's what I created you to do. This is the destiny I had for you. Okay. Against what I told you, wanted you to do, this is what you actually did. Remember, Jesus said those that knew my will, knew what I was supposed to do and didn't do it are beaten with many stripes. Like I know too much to backslide. You can't preach like me and backslide. Hell will be worse for me than it is for you. Why? Because I'm a pastor. I'm the one that's preaching. I'm the one that knows. That's the job. I tell people, listen, I know too much to backslide. <laughs> These people that get up. After being pastors of great churches and then say, I'm not a Christian no more. I don't even understand how you do that. I, I, I don't I just don't understand how you do that. You know too much to backslide. Listen, if if the president became a spy for the enemy, the Secret Service that protected him would turn around and kill him. You know too much. I'm just saying. All right. Number eight. This is the final one. The death, the angel of death and hell itself and all those held temporarily incarcerated are cast into the lake of fire. Now, listen to this next statement. The lake of fire is what hell itself is scared of. <laughs> Pastor, are you telling me hell is a living place? Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Ever seen a 
pregnant person. That means that's a living person that actually is a place inside of them for another person. That's what pregnancy is, isn't it? Your Bible says hell has enlarged itself to to take in. All those that are coming in. Anybody read that? Know that that scripture? I'm not just making that up. Hell has enlarged itself. So it's a living place. But it gets judged, too. The lake of fire is what hell is scared of. This is the second death. If you are born once, you will die twice. If you are born twice, that means born and born again, you can die only once. Whew. It's a good place to just take a deep breath. These are very sobering thoughts, aren't they? It's still good news, though. It's good news when God calls out things right now when I can do something. While the blood is running warm in my veins, I can do something about anything he brings to my attention now. I can get it right. I can repent. We can. God, let's talk about it. Let's get it together. OK, because when this time comes. All the decisions are final. Right? 